Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, for our worship service. We have an incredible, yeah, go Frogs. We have an incredible uh, evening planned for you guys and incredible conversation with Tyler and Della um, to just talk about racial reconciliation and kind of how our faith plays into that. Um, But before we do, I sort of wanted to frame our conversation a little bit, if that's okay, Um, just to kind of see, you know, we're lay some groundwork for what we're talking about. So, uh, a couple years ago, I hiked the Grand Canyon, um, rim to rim in two days. And, um, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And in July, in July, July. middle of July, it was, it was dumb, but (laughs) once in a lifetime opportunity and it would have been hard anyway, but like a month before I did it, I slid down a slide at a pool and I hit my, both my heels on the bottom of the pool, like full blast and just destroyed both of my heels. And then since I thought, well, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, I obviously need to go hike the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Of course. Um, so that was dumb. Um, but what I did was I just, so destroyed my feet in June. I went and hiked the Grand Canyon in July. And then from, for literally a year, uh, my feet and then my legs and then just all of this stuff were just, I was in intense, intense pain. Um, and it was miserable. I'd walk around like I was a hundred years old around the house and <laughs> it was, awful. it was really awful. <laughs> what happened was my feet were hurting and I ignored the issue and I just went on with my life um, and just tried to deal with it. But I learned a lesson that you, you can't ignore pain like that. You can't just keep pushing through. Um, and what's really interesting about this when we look at Scripture is Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, and this I promise we're getting somewhere here, right? But he says that the human body has many parts. Many parts make up one whole body. And then he goes on to say that, you know, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Um, but and he goes on to say in verse 18, he says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. Um, and, and he, in verse 26, he says this, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So if one part is suffering, all the parts suffer with it. And I learned that the hard way, right? With my feet, because my feet were suffering, but everything was suffering because I was in such, such pain. And, so we look at this conversation, right? We look at what's been going on in our nation. We look at what we've been seeing, um, not just over the last few months, but for years and years and decades and centuries, right? The, this conversation didn't just start, when, yeah. you know, just a few months ago. And when, when I look at the body of Christ, like I could, I, you know, I want to speak to culture. I want to speak to the, the world at large. But honestly, let's, let's look at the body of Christ. Let's look at the church. Mm-hmm. And let's say, are there parts of the body that are hurting? And what have we done to help with that? What have we done to address it? What have we done to bring healing? Um, What have we done to make sure that we're um, doing what's right before God? And uh, and I think that we've been in a moment, um, we've been in a position of looking at another part of the body that's hurting and being like, are you bleeding? You know what I mean? Right. Um, Shake it off. You know, like, is it really as bad as you think it is? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, yes, yeah. we're bleeding. Our yeah. body is suffering. Our body is hurting. You can't see what we've seen in, in the media um, and not understand that 
brothers and sisters, parts of the body of Christ are hurting. Mm -hmm. And and we should all, um, all of us, all races, look at that and go, if they're suffering, I'm suffering too. Mm -hmm. So let's bring healing. Let's bring honor. Let's bring, you know, let's do what we can to to make this right um, in the body Mm -hmm. so that we can... Um, so that we can all be honored and we can all celebrate. And so that that kind of frames our conversation a little bit. And and one one more thing, what I know about you guys as students, especially in Chi Alpha, is that you guys have a heart to learn. You have a heart to be shaped and and hear the stories and like grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and but sometimes when we get into these conversations, people get a little tense and <laughs> they hear some things and they're like, well, wait a minute, that's not me. Never, um, <laughs> and so, but James 1.19 says, be quick to listen, mm-hmm. slow to speak and slow to get angry. And so the speaking might be happening and the anger might be happening in our minds as we talk through mm-hmm. some of this. Um, and I just, on both sides. <laughs> and, and so I want us to understand, like if we take that position of, we're assuming that there's a part of our body that's hurting, which is correct. And we're also going to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And let the Holy Spirit speak to us this evening through through one another. Um, and so that's how I want us to kind of move forward with that. And Alicia's going to handle, um, kind of walk us through the conversation. Yeah, yeah. so I invited Tyler and Della here. Um, they're going to tell you a little bit about themselves. But they actually both were involved in college ministry uh, during their use at the university. And I'll let them share a little bit more about that. So I was like, hey, two people who love Jesus, who are black and who have faced some of this stuff. And also who um, who have, who have know what where you're at in the season of life that you're in, being a college student, trying to love Jesus with all you are, and also trying to navigate some of the things going on in our culture and in our world. And so they're going to speak to a few different questions that we have prepared for them. And then uh, at the end of this, by the way, we're having a Zoom like Q&A discussion. So uh, feel free to hop on and ask more questions later. Um, but these are kind of, we're going to kind of talk through some of these. So first of all, uh, we'll start with you, Della. So like, tell us about yourself. Like, what do you what do you do? What's your background? Things like that. Okay, cool. So I actually went to UT. So when you said go frogs, that kind of <laughs> <laughs> hurt me a little bit. I wanted to hook up. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, my husband and I were part of InterVarsity there and college ministry. I did not want to do anything Christian in college, but God. <laughs> um, and so it really changed our lives. And so just doing this is like my like nerd side has come out. I'm like, I miss, I just miss it all. This is for real. This is such a blessing. Like seriously. Um, what else? What do I do now? I have an army of children. <laughs> no, we have three kids, four and under. And so I do that. And then I also serve as the early childhood um, director at my church at Christ church. And yeah, that's awesome. How long have you and been married now? Five years. Five years. Five years. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. And what did you study? I studied business supply chain. Business okay. supply chain, which is a popular major at TCU. Oh, cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. What about you, Tyler? Where are you from? Uh, a certain my name school? Is Tyler. I'm from TCU. <gasps> oh, yes. Go Frogs. <laughs> I have so much purple in my house. Um, so, uh, yeah, I came from TCU, psychology major. Um as far as ministry, I was in a, a little ministry called Chi Alpha. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. <laughs> One of the uh, OG life groups <laughs> right here. Yeah, like the first Sky first Life, Sky life yes, group. Yes, yes. And so I, I've, I've been a, a, a benefactor of all the, 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 the blessings that Chi Alpha has done. God has been super good to me in it. Like, I think like Della would say, I didn't plan on doing 
anything for Jesus when That's I got right. this. <laughs> And I ran from, from this guy <laughs> for God knows how long, but I, I believe that God had other plans for me. Um, and so now uh, I'm, I'm married, uh, married my, my high school sweetheart. Uh, we have a baby girl, five months old. Um, I work in Fort Worth now. I'm at uh, Meacham Middle School as a college career readiness coach. And uh, I'm a youth pastor in Dallas as well. And so... Um, yeah, that's 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 the that is awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Yeah, Thank you for we're this. so glad. So I wanted to start with just like sharing a little bit about your experience as a person of color and what that's been like for you. How have you been affected mm-hmm. by being black in America? So we'll start with you, Tyler, on this one. Uh, and I, I we, we talked a little bit before, um, and I I think one of the things that I, I I've noticed is I've kind of gotten a lot of secondhand uh, um, experience with with a lot of the police brutality or uh, um, kind of racial discrimination, things like that. Being at TCU, uh, it was an eye-opener for me. Uh, I went to DeSoto High School. Uh, if you're not familiar, DeSoto High School is 99.999% black. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part. And uh, like I said, I think, I think maybe three or four white people graduated with our class. And so um, going to TCU was a little bit different. Just a little, <laughs> just a little bit different. Um, as far as the, the, the kind of the, uh, the idea of racial reconciliation or even uh, brutality and things like that, um, one, one story I, I, I remember, uh, so when I came to school, um, Trayvon Martin had just been murdered mm-hmm. that summer. And so uh, we come into school and that was probably one of the first things that happened. And that was, that, that was kind of earth shattering yeah. for me. Um, he was about the same, like he was a little bit younger than me at the time, mm. but um, it could have been me, and that's what I felt. Yeah. And I remember just just trying to navigate that thought about how this could possibly happen here mm. now. Um, right before I think right before I started at Chi Alpha, it was about 2013. Um, I remember I was at TCU, I was at Frog Hinge, um, and I was sitting out there and I was on my phone, just kind of cycling through some stories and stuff like that. I saw a story about Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice is a young man. He was eight, I believe, or 10. And uh, some people got a phone call about a, a suspicious figure in a, in a park or something. And I'm watching the video. Um, this little kid is at, at, a, at a park atrium, looks like, and this police car pulls up, swings the door open, Three, three or four shots fired out the car b- before you even see a body step out of the car and this little boy this body just falls like this on the ground mm. and uh, I ran from where I was to the church that I was going to mm. at TCU's uh, Crossroads and it was like literally right there on the campus and so I ran to the church and I was just I was crying um, in, in, in one of our uh, pastor's arms and I they were having Bible study and I just kind of disrupted the whole thing <laughs> I was a little dramatic. It, it was, it, it, it really did. It, it, it hurt me, but I, I think a lot of me is like, I, I'm with the, I'm with the theatrical. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm just, but, um, I, I had a, I had a guy pray with me and, um, it was hard. It was hard. That was a very difficult thing to deal with. I, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't really want to understand that. I want to, I didn't want to make sense of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, I think as kind of just, Fast forward uh, for me, like I said, I haven't, I've never been uh, um, done wrong in the hands of, 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 of the police, but I, 
I, I get major anxiety whenever I'm pulled over or whenever uh, uh, police are behind me. They don't even have no lights or anything. They're just behind me. Or when I, I see the lights and they go past anything, it gives me major anxiety. I always think that this could be the last day. Mm-hmm. If I'm pulled over, um, I want to get my phone out, but then I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, at one point, I was carrying my, my my license and registration in my Bible, so that when I go to get it, stop. <laughs> I, I probably, I probably, I probably just stopped doing that. But I, I would, I would tuck it in, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't even be like a, a particular passage or anything. It would just be in the Bible. So I'm like, well, you need what? Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? You, like this, this, whatever you were, whatever decision you were it's gonna make, hilarious and you know. What I'm saying? So but but it was one of those things where I felt like there has to be a buffer, something mm-hmm. like if if because I've seen there were there were people who who've lost their lives in front of their children, yeah. mm-hmm. and so if that doesn't stop you, right? May like and that's that's yeah. my mom. Maybe this will. And so, mm-hmm. but I just stopped doing it. I just yeah. stopped doing it recently. And so, um, yeah. but but this is something I can't take off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas a lot of things I choose to to do and to be and to and to and to be a part of, this I cannot. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, at TCU in my life now, um, I am I am currently and always faced with the fact that I'm black. Yeah. And that's always like the first thing hmm. ever, and then those other things follow. Yeah. And uh, but that's kind of my story with uh, just kind of. Racial tension and yeah. issues and things like mm-hmm. that. So, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That's good. What about for you, Della? Like for you, um, kind of like what we talked about earlier. Just for me, it's always been like a back and like a pool left and right, and and it's just like growing up. I went from being the only black girl in elementary school. I remember when my best friend came, there was another black girl right out in fifth grade. And to this day, we are still friends. And my heart just jumped. I, in fifth grade, I got my first black teacher. And my only black teacher for 12 years. That's a wow. whole nother conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And my my friend, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was in heaven. And then I went from that to in high school, we were 99.999, but there were probably about five white yeah. students that graduated with us. So I went from, you know, predominantly white to predominantly mm-hmm. um, black and Latino high school. And then going from that to a PWI, predominantly white institution, UT, talk about like yeah. you know what I'm yeah. saying like yeah. just the back and forth and and then even just the idea of I've always had diverse friends and my parents they celebrated that they always thought it was funny when I came busting through the door with my Asian friend my Mexican friend my, <laughs> and we all just walked in I just saw like this is life this is mm-hmm. normal my white friend it didn't matter mm-hmm. and then then just getting in college is just like a you grow up fast, like, mm-hmm. and then just realizing, like, the spaces I'm in and I have to work harder. Like, I have to get, you know, a 4.0 for my classmates, my white male classmates to take me seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, just always having that in the back of my head. If I want the job that we're all going after, I got to I gotta do mm-hmm. better. You know, I got to work harder. And just that idea and even meeting my husband and just watching firsthand what it's like to be a black male in America mm-hmm. and to look how he looks. I, I think he looks nice. People think he looks mean. But <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. But just, you know, just that idea. And I, and I shared a little bit earlier, just hearing my friends think, some of my white friends meaning well, you know, saying like, I just, I mean, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, mm. the cops won't, mm. they won't mess with you. And it's like, oh, like that hurts mm. because it's like, no, what you don't understand is I'm married to a God fearing, amazing man. 
who has a job. And there was one post going around, if you have a job, you love your family, and you know what you're supposed to do, the cops won't mess with you. I was like, oh, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's not true. Because I just, I mean, I've had too many firsthand experiences, even us in the car, driving on campus. I remember in college, we were dating, and a cop put us over, and he was just being really aggressive and i was like whoa what just happened like what what, i mean is our light out we never even got to the point of what the pullover was about Mm -hmm. and i remember he asked for my husband's license he was just my boyfriend and we probably shouldn't even have been together at that time (laughs) i'm thinking it was late at night don't do that Um, (laughs) and he asked for sorry um he asked for his license that was probably a word for somebody right but he asked for his license and and my husband had to like get it from somewhere and he pulled down his football id and he was like oh you play football at ut hmm. you guys have a great night wow and i was like so now that it was a hard night for me because it, yeah. it, it was just like, you don't, and, you, and please believe that black people, there are some black people that will walk around with the victim mentality, mm-hmm. but I am not a black person that does that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try every other checkbox before I call mm-hmm. racism. And so it's hard to go home and you can't sleep because you're like, if that wasn't racism, what else was that about? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I never knew why we were pulled over. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you can now identify with him with something that he belongs in. Because black males are appreciated in athletics at UG. So now that he's something you can identify with in a way that is comfortable to you, he's not dangerous. He's a football player. Mm. You guys have a good night. And Mm. so just those experiences and just seeing, you know, just how walking into spaces where all of a sudden it's like, oh, it just got tense or, oh, Hey, we've been here for an hour. Like, <laughs> can we get helped? Or, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes it's walking around the shop where it's like, oh, can you afford to be here? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. You know, like, mm. we don't need to, you know yeah. what I mean? And so, or even just the idea of like, when some, when a black male is murdered, they're like, well, what's his uh record? Like, what? Oh, yeah. so I'm sorry. Does that matter? Like, mm. you know, because yeah. coming from, you know, I have family members that they do have a record. But do they deserve? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so just juggling those <clears throat> two worlds where it's like I have my friends that are diverse that I love, but mm-hmm. also I feel this burden. And I think a lot of it is from the Holy Spirit to say something. Mm-hmm. But then you don't want to say too much because you don't want to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yeah. You know what I so mean? Like, God, yeah. am I going to, I need, I know I need to speak up. But if I make these people uncomfortable, like, am I going to be able to go to church here, you know, next week? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's a real thing. Yeah. 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 Are we so, still yeah. going to be friends? Are we still going to be friends? Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, that would have been really hard to, I don't know, to navigate. Like, yeah. How would, that, how would that have been different right. if Meyer mm-hmm. hadn't been a football player? Right. You know, like, how, how would that have ended? Um, things like that. Well, cool. Another question that I had is, like, okay, can we fix this? Like, can we fix racial racial discrimination? Can we actually reconcile racism in America? Like, is this even possible? So, like, what is y'all's perspective on that? And we'll start with you, Della. What do you think your perspective is on that? I think racism is a part of brokenness mm-hmm. in our world. Um, so when Jesus comes back, <laughs> it will be fixed. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so engraved into everything that we do. When you yeah, think yeah. of systemic racism... That's not an overnight thing. Like, yeah. it's great that things are happening now because of the where we are as a nation. There are some big moves happening, like mm-hmm. great moves. Like, my husband updates me all the time on the NFL and the changes they're making. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the NFL, but I find that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's very interesting. And, yeah. But when you think about how 
like you said, Andrew, this has been going on for centuries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't know that we can fix it before we go home. But I think that we all have a way to pull. And yeah. I think that we can create a unity and um, just a peace amongst us. as the, Like if anybody's going to lead racial reconciliation, like Lord, let it be us. Like yeah. if, any, if they're going to, if the world yeah. is going to get an example yeah. of anything, like if we want the world to see Jesus, then we ought to be it's able to sit at tables it's like this. Be yeah. It has yeah. to be us. It has to start with Christians. Yeah. yeah. So that is, I don't know that we'll ever fix it, but I think that we should lead it. And I yeah. think that we should, you know, like mm-hmm. our, our heaven on earth, we create that, you know, mm-hmm. here with amongst us. And so yeah. we're not going to, it's not going to be perfect, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's a reason to be like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, that's good. Do you have anything that you'd add to that? I, 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 I agree. Um, and like I, said, I think the Bible is pretty clear that, that all these things are, are, are issues of the heart. So it's a, it's an mm-hmm. issue of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, a lot of uh, black young men who have been condemned in the streets before they've gotten a date in court, mm-hmm. uh, a date in court where uh, Dylan Roof went into a, a church and, and, and waited 20, 30 minutes while people were praying and then shot the church up. He was a white guy. He's a white guy, mm-hmm. young white guy. They go find him in his home and they arrest him. And he was hungry, so they stopped to get him Burger King because mm. you have to do that. He's he needs to eat. Mm. While you know that can be seen as something super trivial, mm-hmm. but in reality, um, there was nothing about his past that that was brought up. Mm-hmm. Or if it is, it's you know he's a troubled teen where Tamir Rice was seen as a man, and and. I think these are issues of, of seeing people as human. Yep. And on this side of earth, um, I, don't, I, I, I don't believe that it'll happen. I think it's kind of naive to believe it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that takes away the responsibility of yeah. especially the believer. Yeah, so um, if nobody else, like if nobody else does this, mm-hmm. our churches should reflect what what the Bible says about community about the world um there is not jew nor gentile man or woman it says not even freed nor a slave Mm -hmm. you're that's the the, uh, your freedom is not even a distinction Mm -hmm. you're just in christ that's Mm -hmm. it and so the churches have to we we have to be the hands and feet um and if we're not we cannot expect we can't expect the world to to follow suit the world is going to be the world yeah um, the world is going to, 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 to hate Jesus. The world is going to hate people who follow Jesus. And so if we expect the world to, to, to drastically change while the, while the church remains in the, in these little bubbles mm-hmm. on its own, it won't work. Mm-hmm. How does our faith in God affect our role in racial reconciliation? Like how should our faith kind of affect the way that we face racial reconciliation? We'll start with you, Tyler. What do you think? Uh, so like a, kind of immediately what I think about is uh, Jesus decides to go through Samaria mm-hmm. um, and speak to the woman mm-hmm. um, at the well. And I think about Jesus went out of his way um, to basically say, I, I don't care who you are mm-hmm. or where you're from. 
Um, he even his hometown was being like tarnished at the fact that that he came from there, yeah. mm-hmm. and so I, I think Jesus was really, really adamant about it. Does not matter. We're we're all we all need like and we all need me like him like we all. Need <laughs> and so I, I I think as far as our our um like our, our walk and, and and kind of our position in this what what that looks like is. We're all made in the image of God, mm-hmm. um, and as believers, we're called to to. Uh, you, you said this earlier in, in in the prayer to the disciples is is, uh, Lord, your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven, and so we are to see and treat people the way that God does. And and if the Bible is true, it says that He allowed criminals, murderers, adulterers. Um, rebellious spirits into his family mm-hmm. and treats them as if they are his own kinsmen mm-hmm. um gives them all the benefit of being his own kinsmen even though they are not we are not and so for us as believers we 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 have to know that we're all striving um for the same thing and that's to be recognized by God and if that's if, if that's been achieved then we can live freely and we want to share that same freedom with whoever is around us. Um, and I, I guess probably the biggest thing is just understanding that we're all d- deprived, you know, in, in some way, some of us financially, some of us physically, mentally, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're, we're looking at one thing to, to distinguish us from, uh, uh, one place in eternity, which would be hell, and in another place, which would be paradise with Christ, and that's the mark of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and not to like Jesus, Jesus juked this or whatever, but I think that's the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think I think literally it's, it's for us to walk, um, in his in in his image, be his, be his image bearers, um, and then call that out in other people. Mm-hmm. And I think often what we do is the opposite is is we 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 we'll tend to speak to the darkness or or, or this 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 ideology or what this image that we've placed on people mm-hmm. um, instead of who God has called them to be. Yeah. Um, and Man, so if, if I could yeah. jump off of that, um, you know, you talked about the you're you're talking about us being made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and so like yeah. we're all made in the image of God, but none of us is. A, full complete image of God. Um, Jesus was, but none of the rest of us are. But if that's true, in order to get a complete, uh, a more complete picture of who God is and what he's about and, and his beauty Mm -hmm. and, you know, all that stuff, then I need you Mm -hmm. and I need you and I need you and we need each other because you carry an image, a piece of the image of God that I do not, right? You have different talents and abilities and and passions. and And so I need that in my life. And so when I look at this in regard to race and, and nationality and ethnicity and all those things, it's like, I need you. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it, because you carry a piece of the image of God that I do not. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've learned that in my life with you, Tyler, that because I have you in my life, my life is richer. Mm-hmm. I've seen Jesus in a way that I never would have seen him if you wouldn't have been in my life. Yeah. And so if we, if as the believers, we took that mentality and thought not just like, 
tokenism right. where I need to make sure I check all the boxes, yeah, yeah. but look at the way that she prays. I need yes. that in my life. The yeah. way that this community worships, I need that passion in my life. The way that they preach, the way that they follow Jesus, yeah. the way that they live missionally, like whatever that is, like I need it. That's and when so you, good. when you recognize that you, so you actually good. begin to hunger for yeah. it. And it comes from not a place of making sure you're, woke mm -hmm. yeah. but it's like i'm desperate for more of the image of god and so yes. i need i need that depth and just like a real friendship a real mm -hmm. brother and sisterhood yeah. that yeah. extends beyond just like okay well we got it we did it um but it's like you're gonna disciple me that's good you're gonna shape my faith yeah. i'm gonna be challenged by the way that you mm -hmm. think about holiness so the way that you think about prayer or whatever i'm gonna allow myself to be submitted so to good. the image of God in you so yeah. that I can be more like Christ yeah. um, so by being good. around you. So, so, good. so yeah. good. What would you, is there anything you would add, Della? I just think for so long, the church and by the church, I mean, just us as believers, we thought that we were excused from the conversation of mm -hmm. racial reconciliation. Hmm. And one thing I always say is that you, you cannot have Jesus without justice. Like just like mm -hmm. you were talking about, you just, you can't have, you can't ignore the hurting and yeah. say that we're fault. We want to be Christ-like, but we're ignoring the hurting mm -hmm. or we are being silent about it because we don't know what to say. Well, that, <laughs> I don't want to say, sometimes we think fear is an okay sin to walk in. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's like it's it's the good sin, you know, like gossip, like that's the Christian <laughs> sin, you know what I'm yeah, saying? We know about all that here, yeah. you know, and so wow. it's like, well, you know, us as a church, as a leadership team, we just haven't approached it because we just didn't know what to say. We we're afraid that we're gonna lose people. Okay, so so can we go to the throne and say, God, we don't want to be controlled by fear anymore. Yeah. We want to be about your business on this yeah. earth. So you lead us, your Holy Spirit direct us, tell us what to say. Mm -hmm. And God, if we mess it up, would your Holy Spirit go over the ears of all these yeah. people? <laughs> yeah. And they don't hear nothing because yeah. God works that way. You yeah. can get up there, you know, as a white pastor, as a, you know, 70, however you, and say something crazy. And the black people feel so loved and appreciated. By <laughs> like, that's just how the Lord works. Yeah. So we're yeah. too busy tiptoeing around each other in fear that we're not doing what God is asking us and calling us to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, it became real whenever, like, we were having a conversation like this. And a girl, she, like, messaged me. She said, hey, my friend shared the conversation. She said, man, I wish I would have had that conversation before I walked away from the church mm -hmm. and from Jesus. Like, two years ago and I wow. was, then it became real even for me I'm like this yeah. is not a game like we yeah. no longer have the right to yeah. just think that you know we're in our bible studies we're all guilty of it even as black people that enter into predominantly white Christian communities it it feels good to like you were saying Andrew community and small groups that was not a thing in my black church so to go to college and like yeah. oh you guys go into each other's houses like the black church you not come to my house for what you know like what do you need to see in my house i don't want y'all my business like you don't need to be here but then to see like oh and then to open my bible oh this is in the bible like we're yeah. supposed to do life together you know and so yeah. just just needing each other like you said it's it, it's so key and just realizing like like we gotta step past this because we do need each other and there are people who are walking away from the faith, especially today, where everything is online and there's mm -hmm. other options mm -hmm. and everybody's spiritual. Yes. So we got we have to go there because everybody else is going there. Yeah. But more importantly, we have to go there because that is what it means to be Christ-like. Yeah. yeah.
a lot of us might right now, especially as white people, be wondering, like, where do we go from here? So what do I do? Like, how do I fix this? Mm -hmm. if, if the answer is not in policies, it's not in systems, it's not in, you know, a political leader or things like that. Um, the answer is in Jesus. Like, okay, but but practically, what do I do here, right? Um and so, like, where should we as white people start in educating ourselves about race in our nation? And, uh, and I would like to share a little bit about my experience with that has been, um, man, a few years, like probably about seven years ago was the first time that I really started to come face to face with this and really started to kind of, man, what is race? What does this mean? I'm hearing these stories for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I've never known a friend that has faced, you know, like, what is it, what does it feel like to get pulled over and wonder if this is my last day? Like I, I had never even thought of that mm -hmm. in my childhood. And, and some of you guys might be in that same boat where it was like, Oh, I, I totally didn't know this was a thing. Mm -hmm. And initially when I first heard it, it was really hard to kind of reconcile, like, but that's not what I've experienced in America. Like that's not been my experience. And so at first it was kind of like, well, it, it's probably not true then. It was really easy for me to discredit the experiences, the very real experiences that people had because I was like, well, I've never seen that. And I remember here's where I feel like faith really comes in is that I remember bringing it to the Lord and being like, Jesus, is this me? Like, am I not listening well here? And I remember Jesus being like, like as I'm praying about it, God really convicted me and showed me like, Alicia, listen, just listen and see, you know what I mean? And, and as I went to Jesus and I asked him like, Lord, what is this? Like, I don't know what I'm feeling as people are talking about people who are racist in America as a white person. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying like white people, this white people, that. And I remember just being like, but I'm white, like I'm white, like what do I do here? And, uh, but I think the reality was as I brought it to the Lord, Jesus was like, Hey, what does it look like to, to love your brother? Well, by listening to love your sister well, by listening. And it was like this, this thing starts happening in my heart where it's easier to hear because I'm not taking it personally. Instead, I'm saying like, help me understand help me understand what to do. So like, that was a really big step for me was sitting across the table from friends and being like, Hey, you know, right after, like when you were in school and sitting across from friends and all this stuff had just happened in our nation, just, just about seven years ago. And, and I'm like, tell me your story. And then there's hurt there. Right? Like, I mean, I remember girls telling me like, like they're mad, they're upset. They've had experiences. They've been watched the sweetest, most godly girls that I know have been watched in stores avidly because they're black and they're looking at candy and people are wondering, are you going to steal this? And I'm like, Whoa, like this is hurting my brain. And then also, you know, there were things that were said that honestly pissed me off. Mm -hmm. It honestly ruffled my feathers. And I was like, I don't know that I agree mm -hmm. with that, you know, like, and then what did I do instead of being like, well, that's not true. Like, what do you do? You take it to the Lord. And I say like, I'm sorry you experienced that. You're my brother or sister and I'm going to hear your story. And then I'm going to take it to Jesus and I'm going to say, Lord, why did that make me mad? Lord, why did, why is that ruffling something in my heart? And why is this hard for me here? And then what I found is that sometimes there are things that I need to wrestle through. It's not actually about whether or not this is happening. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's not about that. It's about what's happening in my heart. And so the first thing that I had to do was really like learn and listen and hear and then in moments that I am really honestly pissed off because that's going to happen as you talk about stuff like it oh, has to on yeah. both sides. Absolutely. We're going to get frustrated. It's going to be hard to mm -hmm. hear. But rather than being like, that's hard to hear. Therefore, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. What if we said that's hard to hear? Lord, why? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like, why is that hard to hear? Mm-hmm. So that's been, that was like my first step was just listening, taking it to God, mm-hmm. saying like, Lord, what do I do with this feeling? And then after that was, I kind of started to read some books and things. And I just kind of realized like, dude, all the books that I'm reading, even Christian books, things like that are all white dudes, mm-hmm. like all white dudes, mm-hmm. all of them. And so then I was like, you know, have I ever read a book by a black person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't think I have, you know, mm-hmm. unless you count like, you know, the childhood books or whatever that like, you know, whatever you're supposed to read, um, for elementary school. And so like, I started to seek out different voices. Um, and I remember just being like, sometimes I'm reading a book from a different perspective, whether it be black, Asian, you know, woman, male, whatever, like a different voice. And I'm reading it and I'm honestly pissed off. I'm honestly frustrated. And I'm like, I'm sensing a theme here. I I get, I get, I have an issue, but (laughs) you married me. Um, but no, and so like, it's like, but I need to hear these voices. I need to hear these things. I need to hear voices different, especially if I believe that every voice, every ethnicity, every race, every Mm -hmm. culture has the value of God in it. Mm -hmm. And so like, as I read different voices, I'm challenged differently. When you read an Asian voice about submission to authority, you're going to be like, whoa, that's pretty different from the freedom of America. And I do it myself and all this stuff. And it's like, um, and then uh, the last kind of thing that I did that was a practical thing. So I read books by different authors, by people that were different from me. I listened to stories and didn't get mad, but instead took it to Jesus. And then the last thing that I kind of did was um, asking myself, who are my close friends? Mm. Who am I hanging out with? And and as I kind of looked at that, I was like, my family is white middle class. My friends are white middle class. Most of the people that I'm doing play dates with are white middle class. This is an issue, yeah. right? Like if we stay in these bubbles, just like you said, like if we stay in these bubbles, we're never going to truly understand unity and diversity. Yeah. And so I just started challenging myself like, hey, I'm going to make friends that are different than me. Whether that be socioeconomically, mm-hmm. whether that be politically, whether that be eth- ethnically mm-hmm. and, and racially and things like that. And, and that has changed me mm-hmm. because when and what I found, and this is something that I really want to encourage you guys in. When you love somebody who's black, mm-hmm. a black story, you're going to care more. Mm-hmm. When you have a friend, when you have a loved one that is affected by police brutality or someone being killed, if I didn't know Tyler, if I didn't know Meyer, mm-hmm. a black man, like it's not going to affect me as deeply mm-hmm. if I can't put a face to the person that I love mm-hmm. that's experiencing this. And we as the body of Christ are guilty of not being around people that are different than us, not truly loving people that are different than us to a point that we're going to be affected by their well-being. And so that's what I really challenge you. And if you look at your life and you say, I don't have any black friends, or if you look at your life, you say, I don't have any white friends. If you look at your life, you say, I don't have any Asian friends. Like it's not a checkbox thing. Please, please hear me on that. It's not a tokenism. It's not checkbox, but it is like, why don't, why isn't there someone that I deeply love? Yeah from that area and uh, and that's really changed me a lot it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable yep. that's why we that's why yeah it's it's much more comfortable to just sort of live in the world in the world in the sphere that you grew up in and that you're in and um and so it's 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 uncomfortable but it's right mm-hmm. god never called us to comfort right yeah. Yeah. And i think too just just to piggyback really briefly off of what you said when you look at the parable of the good samaritan mm-hmm. This person is beat up and left for dead on the side of the road. The pastor and the worship leader that were the same race mm-hmm. as him pass him. Mm-hmm. The Samaritan, the despised one, the race that they were racist against, mm-hmm. <laughs> comes, binds up his wounds, pays for his hotel, you know, that kind of thing. So that none of those three guys did anything to that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but someone took responsibility for bringing healing, for bringing provision for all of those things. And so when we hear to speak to kind of what you're saying there is like when we hear the things that are difficult for us to hear as white people, do we go, well, I'm not racist. I'm not the, I'm, I didn't do it. I'm not the one who beat the guy up and put him on the side of the road. Right. And it's like, I'm not, but, but where does the responsibility lie? Because Jesus is saying in this passage, if you're going to be a neighbor, you're going to have to be the one that picks him up, brings healing, asks, where are you hurting? Yeah. Where do I need to put some of this healing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's not a white savior thing. Right. It's it's like a we're responsibility that we were yeah. all called to that is to to tr- identify with someone and and not say, well, it wasn't me or I'm not that, but to say like, you're you're hurting. How can we help? Mm-hmm. You know, we're we have a responsibility for that. So. Yeah. So in this season, mm-hmm. like how could, if, if I'm a white person and I don't really know what to say or do, how can I help this? But I have a friend, like mm-hmm. how could I help? What could I do to help with racial reconciliation for people? For, yeah. So what would you say to that? I would say first, I want to piggyback on what mm-hmm. you said earlier about going to Jesus. Cause a lot of times we'll say, well, we have nothing else to do. Let's pray about it. First of all, let's start with the prayer. Yeah. And I want to challenge black students. I don't know if there are any black students mm-hmm. in the fellowship, but even yeah. when I had a, I had another one of these conversations at our church. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, I hadn't taken my hurt and everything with police to the throne and asked him, Lord, is there someone that I need to forgive? Is there mm-hmm. some hurt that I need to give to you? Because I told the story about even in my own church, I walked past police officers and I like, oh, like I cringe. Mm-hmm. And God convicted me. He was like, Dell, you've got to let that go. Because mm-hmm. just even thinking about this is my brother in Christ. We're in this, we go to St. Yeah. Church. And I can't even walk past him without cringing. And so then I knew, no, because God says we can walk in freedom. I want to walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. Do I cry? Yes. Do I get angry when I see stuff on the news? But at the end of the day, I'm going to choose to walk in freedom if that's available for me. So I've got to take that to the throne and I got to ask the Lord to search my heart. And that's huge. And so I love Mm -hmm. that you said that, but we all have to be doing that. Like it's Mm -hmm. all, it's the duty of all of us. Um, That's good. But what can, sorry. um, I would say when we talk about white privilege and, and just briefly, white privilege doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be where you are. It doesn't mean you didn't work. You have to say these things because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's both sides. It's like when it's said, I think sometimes it's said like a negative, like, you know, mm. it, and to me, I look at it, I don't look at it as negative or positive. I just look at it as a fact. It's a, yeah. <laughs> like it's a yeah. thing that, and it, mm. it doesn't mean, it just means that your race is not the number one thing that is getting in the way of you doing the things mm. that you, need, you know yeah. that you've done or that you are trying to do. And so when I look at, white privilege, I look at it as, I think the Lord was so intentional about making us black and making y'all white, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think that as much as people don't want to admit it, I think it is directly woven into our calling and our gifts, right? Mm -hmm. Just like the Lord made me a black woman, that's a big part of the plan that, you know, he has, Mm -hmm. there's a certain group of people I'm going to be able to reach as a black Mm -hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. And then even just being, you know, a white male, there's going to be spaces that you can walk in that other people can't walk in. So what does it look like to use that platform to say, hey, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. yeah. I know this doesn't have to come up in our conversation, but I've been thinking about this and praying about this lately. What'd you guys think about this? Yeah. Just putting it on the table. 
It's going to be That's awkward. Weird. It's yeah. going to, all of this is going to be awkward and yeah. hard and, and uncomfortable. <laughs> like you said, it is, but we got to choose to go there. Yeah. We have to choose to go there. It's hard for me because sometimes I have some brands. I'm like, we're on play dates with all these white moms and I was just over here crying yesterday, but today I'm acting like I'm happy. No. Mm. What did you guys think about what happened yeah. yesterday? Because yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's choose. Let's go to the black family and be like, hey, we want to be y'all's friends. We don't have any black friends. We're going to keep it real. But we feel intentional. You know, you don't yeah. have to be that awkward, but if you're awkward, keep it awkward. Like, don't try to act like you've hung out with black people your whole life. Like, that's even more awkward. Like, oh, did you hear that song? No. Just, just be white and go to the black family and say, you know what? I mean, you know, like, we try to make things pretty, but it's like, go to the third row where the black family is. Hey, we've been going to church together for three years. Would you like to come over for some dinner? Yeah. Yes. And just be honest and candid. Yeah. That's, that's so huge. good. That's so good. <laughs> Sorry, big product. No, it's good. That's good. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> um, so to that point, I, we're gonna get it wrong. Yes. On both sides. Yes. I feel like I've said that's that's why I don't understand why y'all brought me. But <laughs> I feel like I've said things before that like it's just it's just not right. <laughs> In my heart, like in my heart, in my heart, I, I had all the intention of, of doing well, uh, and, I, and I think on both sides you have that. I think what what hurts the most is when people don't say anything, because 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 what can ha- what can happen is if 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 we come together and um, and and we're talking about this and something is said that, that that just doesn't sit well, we can talk though. Yeah. But if there, if nothing is being said, nobody's learning, mm-hmm. nobody's talking, nobody's healing, and we're just angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just angry, mm-hmm. and now I think you don't care. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and so it's gonna, it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. It's not gonna be perfect. If if we're silent, it's so much louder than saying something wrong, than saying something imperfectly. And so I would say what I've tried to do, and and Wendell and I were first getting to know each other, first becoming friends, a lot of the stuff came out and I was like, I'm going to text her. I hope she doesn't think I do this bad or something. You know what I mean? Like our our friendship was still new. And so it was like, I hope she takes this okay. But hey, like, and and so I would say, like, that was scary. It's never comfortable to reach out. But I would say, um, reach out. Please don't say nothing. um, Because your silence is so much louder than any mistake that you might say in a text or something. So reach out, text, call, say like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I saw what happened in the news. I'm praying for you. Are you okay? Or even just... You don't have to respond. Just know that I'm praying for you. Um, and so that would be something that I would say is like, that's a really great place to start with support is show that you support. Um, and it doesn't always have to be on social media. It's great to share on social media. Don't get me wrong. But you could share all day on social media and never talk to anyone personally. You could never, I could never tell Della, hey, like I'm thinking of you today. And that doesn't necessarily, like that means more. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, I mean, am I right in that? Is that an okay thing to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, that don't get me wrong. You should share on social media if you feel, feel compelled to, but first let's check on our friends. Let's yeah. text, yeah. let's reach out, let's call. Let's show that we notice. Cause that's the biggest thing is like that it hurts from what I've heard from my friends. It hurts to feel like people don't even notice yeah. that it's going on. And when you reach out, it shows that you notice. That's one thing that I would ask, just reach out. We got to be talking to the people that we have influence with. We got to be mm-hmm. talking to our families. We got to be, mm-hmm. um, and it's something that we've tried to navigate and, and tried to be aware of, mm-hmm. you know, like 
some of the things that I would have said 10 years ago, probably, no, not probably. They are, they are wrong. They are wrong. But, but like, it it has to extend beyond just me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I'm going to be, if we're talking about the body and we're talking about people in the, in the body, you're part of the body hurting, man, like, can we bring awareness to our families? Can we bring awareness to our friends? Can we say in a group of, of, you know, white people, when something happens, uh, when something's said that's racist, that's blatantly racist, can we say like, stop, like you're supposed to be a Christian. This is wrong. Or like, this is racist. Quit. You know, like um, I, I'm not going to be a part of this conversation anymore. Like I'm either going to step away and we're not going to, or I'm going to address it face on. And like, I, th- I feel like we have a responsibility to do that um, because you're not in that room. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so, and even, even maybe saying something would jeopardize you. I, I don't know. You yeah. know, there's, there are moments that, um, that you, you're at risk, you yeah. know, for saying something. You kind of mentioned that before. Can I even say this right now? Yeah. And what does it say to someone that's in the room with you that, that you just go, that's not right, man. You need to apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Or when someone's not in the room, a black person's not in the room, we're saying like, I don't think we should talk like this anymore. I just don't think it's godly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. And even like, I mean, just a few months ago, we're sitting uh, like four different couples that are friends of ours around the same age, all of us white. And we're sitting in our living room and we're talking about the things going on in our nation. And it's like, what does it look like to give the benefit of the doubt? You know, like when other people are like, I mean, why are people wanting to defund the police? Like, how could they? And it's like, I'm sitting here. I know I had a conversation, you know, with Tyler about this or with my black friend about this. And, and so it's like, you know, as I've talked to my friends, this is the reasoning that they're saying that. And and what happens inevitably as someone in privilege, my, my, couples that are the same age, mm-hmm. friends, things like that are kind of like, Oh, I've, I've never really thought of that. Mm-hmm. And, and we've just moved the needle, right? Like yeah. we've just spoken mm-hmm. into yeah. an area. We've given them an opinion that maybe <clears throat> they might not have ever heard before. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's opportunities for things like that. Um, to just kind of move that needle. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But, um, and I think, so we're, we're kind of landing this here and I would just kind of ask you guys, like, is there anything else you'd like to add? Is there anything else that, you know, like you're sitting across from a student, uh, whether white or black or, you know, just any student in this age group navigating what this looks like as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, what, what would you guys share with them? I just hear grace and humility happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like even when you were talking about just sitting in your family, if someone says something, it's at the end of the day, racism is sin. Mm-hmm. And so, if someone else is sinning in a different way, we're not going to point them out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can correct it with grace and yeah. even yeah. just humility. Like we all have something to learn. Yeah. So I think if we just approach everything with the lens of grace and humility, because I've just seen a lot of pride rise up during all of this and yeah. we can't, we, we can't go anywhere with that. And then counting the victories because just bringing up something and some people being like, I never thought of it that way. We could think that's nothing, but for the first time someone can mm-hmm. see something from it and we need to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. About free time. Um, so it's odd. Like, right before I got here, like, I read this story. Today, some black man was shot in the back, like, walking to his car. Police walking behind him, trying to stop him, and shot him in the back. And they rushed him to the hospital. He's in, like, ICU or something. And so, literally, it feels relentless, right? And I think it, it can feel relentless on for every person in the conversation. Um... The Bible says that uh, 
you know, we may be crushed on all sides, but not, but not cast down. Um, and, and it goes on to say that, you know, this body groans for, for a better, a different home, a different team, a different body, um, that, that God provides. Yeah. And, um, if anything, if you're feeling that it's too much, I believe we were never meant to feel this. We were never meant to have to try to make sense of senselessness. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that God is, is, is our answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're, if you're not a part of a community, um, I think a lot of times you're, you're forced to have to kind of navigate this and figure this out in your own strength. And the Bible says that that is the worst <laughs> way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Find, find community. Um, I, I assume if you guys are listening to this, that they're, they're part of Chi Alpha, mm-hmm. um, which that's amazing. Plug in, um, and, and, and stay connected, mm-hmm. stay connected to, to the friends that you do have and the ones you're going to make. Um, and, and that God is, is near to the broken heart. And so um, if there's any hope in this, I believe that Jesus provides that and the Holy Spirit guides it. Um, this won't last. Yeah. It won't last. Um, yeah, so. Well, hey, um, this night we've spoken so much. We've spoken to so many things going on. Uh, you've probably absorbed a lot, whatever perspective <laughs> you've had. Um, but here's the deal. If we closed this, uh, this live service out and we're like, check, did it. We failed guys. Like that's not the goal of this. And I don't say that with, with malice or anything like that. I just say that to say like, let this be a springboard. Yeah. Like, sit around tables like we have all we have sat across the table from Tyler and had these conversations in previous years we've sat with Dell and her husband and had these conversations just a few weeks ago like we've sat and, and had these conversations and that's what I want to challenge you to do like don't let this stop here um keep talking about this keep kind of reading uh news stories if, if it doesn't feel too overwhelming sometimes it can feel like too much to take in um so if that's a message for you just know that you know um but like I just, I just want to say, like, let's keep moving this forward and let's, let's keep talking to people. Let's seek understanding. If, if you're black and it feels heavy, talk to your friends, talk to your white friends, talk to your small group. Like, let's be real in small groups and life groups. That's what we believe in doing. Um, and if you're, if you're white and you're confused, you don't know how to navigate it. Come talk to us. Come talk to your friends. Talk to your life group as well. But let's just keep talking about this. That's just really our biggest prayer for this. Um, but Andrew, would you mind praying us out? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for, for being with us. Yes. Tyler, yeah, Della, so good. we love you guys so much. Yeah. Jesus, we thank you for our friends. We thank you for our brother and our sister. God, the things that the Holy Spirit has spoken to them and spoken through them to us tonight, God, we receive it. Mm-hmm. Lord, let us walk in humility. Let us walk in compassion. God, let us understand that the scripture says that your throne rests on righteousness and justice. Yes. And Lord, yes, we should pursue holiness and righteousness, but God, help us pursue justice, godly justice in this season, Lord. And, and Lord, help us be brothers and sisters to one another yes. in this season. Help us ask the questions that need to be asked to, to look at our friends and understand, our, our brothers and sisters, and understand that if there's a, a pain there that we are all suffering mm-hmm. and help us be more like Jesus in the way that we navigate these conversations, help yeah. us grow in the nature and character of Christ in the way that we love one another and serve one another and, uh, and walk out this journey with one another and pursue the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven until we're in heaven. Um, but never stop 
being conformed to you and your likeness and your heart for one another, God. Bring healing where there needs to be healing. Bring uh, uh, in our hearts and bring <laughs> conviction where there needs to be conviction yes. and real life change and repentance, God, for us. Um, but help us never shy away in fear, but yes. push into this, God, and let you change us and let you make us more like Jesus, no matter the cost. Mm-hmm. We just submit ourselves to that today. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit TCUXA.com. God bless and go Frogs.